I don't know who decided it was okay to give those two microphones, but... Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, so, so much fun. This is one of our favorite services that we do every year. We've done this every year since we started the church. Um, just a great day to get all the families together, to pray over our students going back to school, to pray over our teachers, and just to have a great morning. So we're so glad that you are with us. We are starting a new series today. Over the summer, we've been talking about Psalms, and today we're going to be starting um, on the book of Colossians. Everybody say Colossians. Awesome. And we are going to be looking um, over the next four weeks at the four chapters of Colossians and talking about this idea of good news, that the gospel is the best news you are ever going to hear, right? Amen. All right, so I have a question for you. How many of you have ever gotten a letter in the mail? Let me see your hands. A letter, like an actual letter with words written on it, not like just an ad for your favorite store, but actual. Now, kids, let me tell you something. Look around. Your parents, when we were younger, we did not have text messages. We did not have FaceTime. <gasps> and we, if we wanted to call somebody who did not live by us, it cost us money. Can you believe that? I know, it's terrible. So we didn't have many options to stay communicating with people other than writing letters. So if you had a friend that did not live close, you would take out a piece of paper and you would write actual words on a page, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and put it in the mail. And that's how we would talk to our friends. Can you imagine? And it would take a week to get there. Also that. So I remember my grandma did not live by our family, but I remember every week my grandma would sit and write a letter of all the things that they did, what they had for dinner, who was, who was doing what, all the updates on the family. And every Friday we'd run to the mailbox and there'd be a letter from grandma and we'd all take turns reading it. Anybody in the room relate to that? That's how we used to talk to one another, right? And so today we're going to start talking about the book of Colossians, which is a letter. Did you know that? The book of Colossians was a letter written by a man named Paul to a church. And so we're going to talk about what that is. And so the book of Colossians is found in the New Testament. It's called Colossians because the people that Paul was writing to were a church in a city called Colossae. Can everybody say Colossae? Okay, I'm going to show you a map so you know where it is, okay? So Colossae was, is right there, C-O-L-O-S-S-A-E. You see, all these different cities were different places where people had started churches. Paul was kind of the pastor over all of this area, and in all these different cities, churches had started. So in Colossae, there was a church there. In Ephesus, there was a church there. In Philippi, there was a church there. In Rome, there was a church there. And so Paul would write letters to these different churches because they were all his friends. So he would take the time and sit down, take out his pen and paper, write a letter to those churches, and it was an important thing, right? This is how they would communicate to each other. And so who can guess what city the book of Colossians was written to? Who got that letter? Yeah. Yes, good job. Give him a hand. He got it. Yeah. Who can guess what book of the Bible we have that Ephesus was written to? Ephesians. That's right. How about Rome? 
Romans. Okay, you're getting it because this is what would happen. They would take these letters and it was so important to them that they would read it to the church and then they would read it again and they would read it again. And it was so important that then they would hand it to another church and they would read it and they would read it and they would share it with their friends. And pretty much after time, they read it so many times that they decided that it would end up in the Bible. So when you're reading in the New Testament and you're reading Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you also get to read these letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to all his, friend, all his friends in his churches. It's pretty cool that we still have that, right? Pretty amazing that it survived all of those years so that you and I can read it in our Bibles. And do you know where Paul was when he wrote most of those letters? Does anybody have any idea? Prison? Dennis, you got it right away. Way to go. <laughs> Paul is in prison. That's right. Paul is in prison. He was in prison because he was sharing the gospel. He was traveling around telling people about Jesus. And there were a lot of people that did not like this. And so they put Paul in prison. And so he was in prison. But what would happen is all of his friends. Now, Paul was in Rome. Everybody point to Rome. Can you see where Rome is? That's where Paul was. So look at how far away all those places were. But his friends loved him so much that they would send somebody over to Rome to come and visit him. When you read through the Bible, a lot of times you'll see Paul say, thank you so much for coming to see me in Rome when I was in prison. His friends who were in these cities would travel to Rome, visit Paul in prison, and they would give him an update on what was happening in the church. Who was there? What was going on? Who was, who was teaching? Any problems that they would have in the church? So the friends would go and visit Rome, and they would sit there, and they would tell him and give him an update, and then Paul would sit down and write a letter back. So when we read these letters, you'll see that Paul is addressing certain things because they have told him all of the different things that is going on in the churches. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to be looking specifically at this book, uh, Colossians. So when Paul writes the letter to Colossians, he's just had a visit from his friend named Epaphras. Everybody say Epaphras. Yes, Epaphras was the pastor of the church in Colossians. He was the leader of that church, the man that started it. And he was a good friend of Paul. So he traveled to Rome, told Paul what was happening in the church, and then Paul sat down and wrote this letter. Okay, so we're going to read the first part of it together. All right, here we go. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. This is a letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. 
So Paul starts out his letter by saying, hey, I'm so proud of you. I'm hearing of all the good things that are happening in the church here. I have heard a way how the good news that has changed your life is changing the lives of other people everywhere. And I'm so proud of all you are doing to share the love of Christ and show love to other people. And he calls it the good news. He says this good news of Jesus, that Jesus died and rose again. And if you invite him into your life, you can have the good news of your life every single day. So he's writing about how proud he is, right? That's a pretty cool thing. He's sharing the good, the, I'm sorry. What's going on? Cap, what's happening? I don't know. Um, we having technical difficulties? I don't know what's going on. Well, hello. Woo! Well, hello, Woo sir. <laughs> um, Sorry about this little interruption. I'm sorry. Who are you? Captain. Who am I? <laughs> What's with this lady? Who am I? <laughs> who are Everyone you? knows who I am, right? No. Who are I you? I am, well, I'm Captain Canada. C Captain Canada. You here in the South have Captain America. You've heard of him, the guy. Yeah, we've totally heard of Captain America, for I'm sure. I'm the same thing. Okay, are you? Are I'm just, uh, just a little less in your face about it. <laughs> Captain America, he's got his shield with the red, white, and blue. I've got the Titan Ultra Pro, and that <laughs> is all I need. Well, that's Made from Canadian maple, this sucker is indestructible. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to meet you, Captain Canada. Um, why are you here? Well, I used to come here with the kids. I was here like about uh, six months ago. With the kids downstairs talking about kids church, and then I heard you were talking about good news today. Yes, so well, I wanted we to are. come talk to not just the kids but the older kids too about good news. Well, hey, it's gonna be great. Do you, hey, yeah. Do you do you have some good news that you want to share with us? I do. Today? I have a couple good news stories. There was one time. Oh, okay. Not maybe a couple weeks ago, I was up north, just north of Saskatoon, and I was fighting my arch nemesis. My arch nemesis. You all know my arch nemesis, right? What's his name? No. His name is Jacques Larocque. <laughs> and we were having an epic battle, and Jacques Larocque was like, oh, Captain America is gone and not here, and I will take you out, Captain Canada. Te frappe un fromage, which, <laughs> which is punch you in the face, I think. Is it fromage cheese? Fromage is cheese. Visage. Cheese. Visage That's is French for okay. face. Te okay. frappe <laughs> de visage. And I said, oh, oh, oh. Jacques Larocque, you are not going to punch me in the face, you hoser. And so I took him out. <laughs> but while we were battling, I, not, I got some teeth loose. And the good news is, is this week I get to go to the dentist. It's free in Canada, but I come down here <laughs> for whatever reason. And I get to go to the dentist, and they're going to pull all the loose teeth. I get to get four teeth pulled at the dentist this week. Oh. I, kids, do you think that's good news? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that getting four teeth pulled, Captain Canada, is good news. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe try it. You said you had a couple stories. Okay, what, else? So, what else you got? Well, you know how here in the United States you have that uh, animal that walks out, and it's, if it sees its shadow, then it means like the sun is going to come out in six weeks oh, or something? Oh, like ground, Groundhog. Groundhog Day. A Groundhog, yeah. right. What's, yeah. his, what's that thing's name? Anyone know the? Punxsutawney Phil. 
Punxsutawney yeah. Phil. Okay, okay, well, we have the same thing in Canada, only it's a goose. <laughs> and his name is Glenn the Goose, and he flies. And if he flies upside down, that means winter will last another 86 weeks. And that's what happened. <laughs> we have another 86 weeks of winter. Whoa. Uh once again, I'm not sure you are really understanding the concept of good news. Like, who here would think another 86 weeks of winter is good news? J j oh, okay, a few. But I think most people would not say that this is good news. So I think maybe Captain Canada is a little confused about what good news is. So let's, let's help him out. Good news is something that makes you happy. Good news is something that is for your benefit. It's something that's wonderful. It's something that's going to help you. Good news is good. So. Good. Okay. I think maybe, Captain Canada, you should just come back another time when you have actual good news, right? Can you guys give Captain Canada a hand? Thanks for coming by. It's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh, my. Captain Canada is confused and very off script today. So, okay. <laughs> Captain Canada is a little confused. He does not really understand what good news is. And you know what's interesting? This is exactly what was happening in the church in Colossians. Paul was saying, hey, this is good news. And the reason he was emphasizing the good news was something had happened to make the church start to think that the good news wasn't so good anymore. Because there were teachers who had started coming into the church and telling them that it wasn't enough that they just believed in Jesus, but that they had to follow a set of rules and things that they had to do in order for them to be loved and approved by God. And so Paul had heard that these teachers were coming and telling people, I know you think you're Christians, but if you are not doing this, this, and this, you're really not. And I know you love God, but if you're not following all of these rules, he, we're not sure if you, he really loves you. And Paul hated this, and that's why he took the time to write, hey, remember this good news really is good. Don't let people take the good news from you. Don't let them take this awesome thing that God has done in giving us new life and freedom and add anything to it that makes the good news not good anymore, right? He wanted to make sure that they knew you don't have to do anything else to be loved by God. He wanted to remind them that the good news is that Jesus died for you. He rose again, and when you ask him into your life, it is done. It is finished. It is good news for you every single day. We are Christians because we believe that Jesus is, is our Lord and Savior. He has done all the work for us. We don't have to add anything to it. That is the good news, right? Yes. Let's read what he says later in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21. He says, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I love that. Not because of anything you've done but because of what Jesus has done. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received as you heard the good news. 
The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Paul is reminding them that they need to stand firm in this assurance that they belong to Christ. Because you know what? These people were starting to feel really uncertain about their faith. They were starting to think, I don't know. I mean, I love God. I thought I had a relationship with him. But all of these rules that people were putting on them had made people feel uncertain about their faith. Have you ever felt uncertain about a friend that you might have? Maybe you have a friend and you're never quite sure how they're going to be with you. Maybe one day they're super great and they want to spend time with you. And the next time you're with them, they don't want anything to do with you or they're mean. Anybody have a, ever had a friend like that? Oh, it's the worst, isn't it? Or maybe some days they want to hang out with you, and then the next time they act like they don't want to be around you at all. It's a terrible feeling to be around uncertainty when you're not sure how somebody really feels about you. And this is exactly how the people in Colossae were feeling about God because of what these false teachers were doing. They felt uncertain. I'm not sure if God really loves me. I don't know if I'm really saved. I don't know if God really wants to have a relationship with me. Because they had all these other expectations put on them. And Paul is saying, hold on. I want you to have the assurance of the good news. I want you to be confident. I want you to every day wake up and say, God loves me as much today as he loved me yesterday. My relationship with God today is strong. No matter if I mess up a million times today or no matter if I have a perfect perfect day. My God loves me no matter what. And he wanted them to have this confidence in their faith. Have you ever had that thought about God when it comes to your faith? Maybe you've thought, God, I really love you and I want to serve you. But man, sometimes I really mess up. Sometimes God, you might think, God, I really love you. But do you really love me? Because you know all the things that I've done wrong. You know all the ways that I mess up every single day. God, do you love me? Have you ever felt that uncertainty? Well, today you can know you don't have to carry that uncertainty ever. The love of God and the faithfulness of God is the same today no matter what. And it's the same tomorrow no matter what. This is really, really good news. And so Paul says, don't forget that. Don't forget the good news. The good news is you get to have confidence in your relationship with God no matter what. You can know that he's with you no matter what. He will never change the way he feels about you. The good news makes you sure about your place in God's family, and that will never change. So as we start this new year, students, as you start a new year at school, parents, as you start a new season, let me ask you a question. What would change in your life if you had the assurance and the confidence that God loved you the same every single day? What would change in your life if you had that confidence in everything that you did? I think it would change everything. The moment you start to feel anxious about anything, you could remember, well, God, you've promised to be with me. I can trust that you're going with me, that there's nothing to fear because you're never going to leave me. We can have confidence in the good news. I think it would change everything if we could get that confidence into our spirit. And so we're going to take a few minutes at the end of the service, and we want to pray for everybody going back to school. We're going to pray for our teachers, and we're going to pray for our students. And we're going to pray that God will fill you with that assurance and that confidence that you are his no matter what. No matter what happens today, no matter what happens tomorrow, that God loves you, that you are in his family, that nothing will ever change that. And I want to pray a prayer over you 
that is found in this very first chapter of Colossians. It's actually something I pray over my kids all the time. I pray over you, our church family. Um, and parents, this is a great prayer to write down to just pray every morning over your, or your students as they leave. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. And it's the prayer that uh, Paul was praying over these friends. And this is what he says in Colossians 1, 9 through 12. He prays this. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives, your lives, every single one of you, will produce every kind of good fruit. And all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. So we're going to take a second and just pray specifically some of the things out of that scripture over you. And as we start today, I want to start by praying for our teachers. If you're a teacher in this place, would you stand to your feet, whether you're a homeschool teacher, whether you teach in the school district, whether you're private, public? Yes. The work you do is important work. And the work you do is God's work. It's important that you are taking the time to invest in the lives of our students. And we believe that this is going to be a year. And this is specifically, I was praying these two things, that you have all the endurance and patience that you need. <laughs> all the endurance and patience that you need. That you have spiritual wisdom and insight that every child that comes into contact with you that the Holy Spirit would give you a unique wisdom as to how to love and serve every single one of them. So could we all just reach out our hands to these teachers? If you're close to one of them, you might want to lay a hand on their shoulder, and let's just pray over them. Jesus, I thank you so much for these teachers. Lord, I thank you for the call of God on their lives to teach. Lord, it's in Scripture. It is a spiritual gift. And I am praying, Father, that as each one of these people Start out this new year, Father, I'm praying for endurance and patience beyond what they could ever manufacture on their own. I'm praying, Father, that you would just give them strength, creativity, energy, fresh perspective. Lord, some of them might even be starting this year feeling like their tank is already empty. I pray today that they would be filled to overflowing by the power of the Spirit. And Lord, I pray for spiritual wisdom and insight. God, that you would give them the keys to the hearts of every single one of their students. I pray, Lord, that they would be an influence of godly character. I pray that the good news of Christ would just flow out of them, no matter what the interaction is. And, Lord, that their lives would bear good fruit in every season. We thank you for the work. Keep them safe and protected. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, teachers. All right, students, let's give our teachers a hand. Okay, we're going to pray for our students. Now, this might be a tight, a tight squeeze, but I think we can do it. So if you are a student, I want you to come and fill all the way around, all the way around, all the way around. If you are going back to school or you have gone back to school, come on all the way up. Come as far up as you can. 
Fill in all the little gaps and spaces. Hey, okay, come on up. Awesome. Look at all these fine young people. Awesome. Okay. Pastor Jeff and I are so proud of you. We're so proud of how hard you work. We're so proud of how you represent Jesus. And we want you to know we pray for you every day that God will help you with school. Maybe you're feeling nervous about it. You know what? Remember the good news that God is with you no matter what. If you're having a a moment in school where you think, oh, I don't know how to do this and I'm feeling nervous, you remember the good news. God is with you. He's never going to leave you, okay? So parents, why don't we just uh, raise our hands, and I don't think there's enough room for everybody to come up, but let's just say a prayer of blessing over all of these awesome homestead kiddos. Lord, I thank you so much for every student here. Jesus, I thank you for your hand of blessing on their lives. God, I thank you that you have plans and purposes for every single one of them. And not a day is wasted. Every single day of this year, Lord, you are imparting wisdom and knowledge into them, Father, that is going to build them into people, Lord, that are going to change the earth for the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, I pray that every single day they would wake up with, first of all, the confident assurance that they belong to you. Lord, let there be not an inch of insecurity or uncertainty in them. I pray that they would be rooted and grounded in the knowledge of who they are in you. Lord, fill them with spiritual wisdom and insight. I pray that they would be uh, leaps and bounds above in maturity and understanding and compassion and all the things of the Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name that you would give them uh, hearts for others. I pray, Lord, that they would stand out in the classroom, not only for their intelligence and their wisdom, but for their kindness and for their hard work and for the way that they shine the light of Christ. Lord, let the joy of Christ come in and through them in every season. And I pray in Jesus' name that this would be an incredible year. I pray, just like Paul said, that the fruit of the gospel would be spread throughout the world, through the lives of every one of these students. Lord, keep them safe, keep them healthy, and protect them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody together said, amen. Amen. Okay, I have a little gift. Now, unfortunately, it's not for you. You don't get to keep the gift, but I need your help. So we have a bag that is for all the teachers. How many of you have a teacher? You have seven? Amazing. Okay. So we have the, you only have one? Okay. So we have this bag, and it's got a little present inside for your teacher, and there's a card inside, and here's what the card says. It says, we love our teachers. We recognize your amazing contribution to our kids and community. If we can ever be of any assistance to you or help meet the needs of anyone in your classroom, please don't hesitate to ask. And it has our phone numbers and our emails. So we want to get this to your teachers so that if they ever need anything, that they know Homestead Church is here to help them if they need supplies or help for anything. But I need someone to get it to the teachers. So would you guys be my delivery people? Could you do that? Could you? You got it? Awesome. If you want to take a bag and deliver it to your teacher on the first day and they say, this is from my church, that would be amazing. And teachers, if you're out there, please come up and take one as well. If you want to take a couple for coworkers, we would love to have you do that as well. God bless you all. Have a great week. Thanks for being here today. God bless you.